Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and today we're talking about how to evaluate a quote you receive from a contractor or a subcontractor. You've just got a quote, and it's often going to contain a generic description of the work. And then in the lower right-hand corner of the page is going to be the bottom line price. Is that bottom line number too high? Is it too low? How do you even make that determination? It all starts with checking the scope of the work. Did the contractor's quote actually match the work you want done? Did they follow the specifications that are written on the plans? Or did they even look at the plans? Don't assume they did it correctly. I'm going to tell you the story of a recent electrical infrastructure job that we have in one of our projects. The general contractor had a site visit with the electrical subcontractor, and they worked out a plan for doing the electrical work. The subcontractor prepared the quote on the basis of that site visit. When I reviewed the quote and started asking questions about the scope, it became clear within a short period of time that they never looked at the plans that the electrical engineer had drawn up and stamped. They'd come up with a plan that made sense in their minds, and it could have been a very workable plan, but it just didn't match the drawings we had explicitly paid money to have designed. Now, I'm not being harsh here. Sometimes really good people make mistakes, and as long as there was no bad intent, you don't fire them. You give them a chance to correct the mistake and move forward, and that's what we did in this case. A couple of days later, we received a revised quote, and the price had gone up by about 20%. Now, that's not a surprise because there were a number of items that were omitted from the original scope of work in the original quote. Here again, we were at a loss to evaluate the quote. Simply wasn't enough detail. Was that bottom line number too high? Was it too low? How do I even begin to make that determination? So, I asked for a detailed bill of materials for all of the equipment that would be installed. After all, they would have need to have created that list of items that they need to purchase in order to quote the job. I took the bill of materials and physically compared them against the engineering drawings. Here too, I found items that didn't match my expectations. Measurements didn't match the drawings. We also had electrical wire that was dramatically oversized. Turns out the engineer who had done the work had specified two-gauge cable for a circuit that would draw no more than 60 amps. Now, for those of you who know the electrical codes, that's a very large diameter cable for the load-carrying capacity that we needed. Wire size is named inversely to the actual size, so a two-gauge wire is much, much larger than, say, a 14-gauge wire that you would normally see in wiring most of the circuits in your house. So we went back to the electrical engineer who specified the two-gauge cable and suggested that a six-gauge wire would be more appropriate. Fortunately, the engineer agreed with our suggestion and reduced the wire size requirement. That's going to result in a huge, huge saving. When we reduced the wire side, we were also able to reduce the size of circuit breakers for the branch circuits, resulting in a further cost reduction. We also made changes to the choice of construction materials and in the way that the electrical panels would be mounted. This would give a better product life and in the end also a modest cost reduction. And then finally, a review of the measurements of the engineering drawings, we were able to determine that we were actually being quoted for more wire than we needed and we reduced the amount of wire by about 3,000 feet. All of these changes were the result of a detailed review of the scope of work. The net result was a saving of a little over $40,000 in the electrical contract. Notice, we didn't twist the contractor's arm to reduce his price. I mean, that could come later. The main purpose of the exercise was to make sure we had the scope of work correct. 
by having a detailed discussion with the subcontractor, we saved money, but more importantly, we eliminated surprises. Unless it's your birthday or you win the lottery, surprises are rarely a good thing. There's no guarantee that we would have not had surprises down the road, but we definitely reduced the likelihood. We were able to catch a number of simple mistakes that would have been very costly to correct later in the process. Some contractors have a tendency to get annoyed when you start to question them, and don't let that dissuade you from having the conversation. Explain the context of the conversation up front. You want to make sure that the scope is correct, because if there is a mistake, it doesn't matter where the mistake comes from, it'll probably result in blame and finger pointing in the future, and nobody wants that. We probably spent a total of about three hours going over the details of the electrical contract. While tedious and perhaps a little bit unplanned, the savings of $40,000 comes to about $13,000 an hour, and I'll happily work for that hourly rate. As you get quotes from your contractors and your subcontractors, definitely, definitely dive into the details and make sure you understand what they are quoting on. It might not be what you're expecting. In the meantime, have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.